Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are starting things off a little bit early, an hour earlier than normal. So we'll go 1 to 4 p.m. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton, back behind the wheels of steel. And your boy, Q, going to navigate you through this afternoon. And, uh, man, coming off a fantastic weekend of sports, a lot of NBA action, and also coming off a very disappointing weekend as well. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and start the show with, uh, you know, prayers out to all the communities that have been affected with everything that happened this weekend. Uh, Everything that happened in Buffalo was tragic. Uh, What happened at the church in L.A. was terrible. And obviously what happened in Houston as well with just all these shootings that are going on. Just, I mean, man, you guys got to take care of yourselves out there. Be careful. You just never know what's what or who is around you. I was actually hanging out with my mom a little bit this uh, this weekend, and uh, we were just talking about how things just happen and pop up all the time. So I'm not trying to get political, not trying to talk about gun violence, none of that stuff. Just the overall senseless violence that goes on in our society is just ridiculous. So uh, just take care of yourselves out there, and definitely prayers out there to all those communities that were affected. That was That was the damper of the weekend, but as far as sports went, the weekend was fantastic, especially with the NBA playoffs. And now we know who's going to be playing on the East in the conference finals, and we know who's going to be playing in the West in the conference finals. We'll talk about that coming up on the show. But uh, as I said, DeMond is back in the studio with us, so it's good to have him riding shotgun. And, uh, hey, welcome back. And on your first day back, why don't we do an extra hour? Woo! Give me some <laughs> give me some time to get these takes off oh, all the geez. time. Hey, like, hold on, man. Let's let's establish some rules to this show before you go any further because in your absence, I did see some of your nonsense that you were tweeting out over the past few days, and I thought, I hope he don't bring none of that garbage to the show. So we 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 what do, do you mean? Give me, give we me do examples. reality here on this. We do not do we do not do skip Bayless and we do not do uh, first take isms and all that here on this show. What we say is what we believe. So before you start firing off some of that nonsense that you were firing off on Twitter, again, I welcome you back to the show. Oh, man, like Patrick Beverly gave the performance <laughs> of a lifetime this morning, and it was just one of those, that's the guy I want to be, just to get on stage and just, they basically should have just asked him, how much do you want to hate on Chris Paul? All day if you got I'm sure and that's, yeah, all, and that's, that's what he did. Exactly what he did. I mean, that dude was firing up on uh, on Chris Paul and saying all kind of things about him. And look, some things weren't wrong, but I mean, it's Patrick Beverly at the end of the day. So you know what you're going to get. If anyone thought that that weren't going to get that kind of performance and him talking a whole bunch of trash, I don't know what you expected when Patrick Beverly took the stage. But the one funny thing about the whole story, uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, he, he was on uh, Get Up with uh, Mike Greenberg on ESPN, and he was across from Stephen A., and they were talking about CP3, and he basically said, nobody's worried about Chris Paul. Everyone knows that uh, he can't play defense, and uh, he also said that he stays up all night long if he knows he has to defend CP3 uh, the next day, and then he goes to bed at like 8 o'clock when he has to defend Steph Curry. So he was talking a lot of trash, but... What I, th- I found to be funny about this whole situation is that 
Matt Barnes, of all people. Matt Barnes actually took to the stage to defend CP3. Of all people, Matt Barnes is one in, in your wrestling world is one of those, he's like an all-the-time bad guy, whatever, what do you call that guy? Heel? A uh, heel, yes. Yeah, he's a heel, and he's defending against another heel in Patrick Beverly. But you got to defend the former teammate. He took those L's right alongside Chris Paul. Right. So, you know, when they was giving up those choke jobs for the Clippers, <laughs> he was also doing some of that choking. So he's like, hey, Chris Paul ain't that bad. So I see where he's coming from. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was just, it was funny. It was funny to see Patrick Beverly, and I see everyone saying, hey, ESPN needs to have him on all the time. And I don't know. I think I can, I think Patrick Beverly would wear me out after a while. I think I'd just be like, okay, I've had enough. I get it, dog. I get it. You hate everybody that's not you. It's fine. <laughs> Even Anthony Edwards, I don't know if you saw it from him. He was on Instagram Live, and he put on his story. It was just, man, I know we got eliminated from the playoffs, but this is a disgrace oh, what's happening oh, to the Phoenix Suns. No, it, it was absolutely. I mean, it just there's no excuse for what happened in a game seven. You just can't have that. I mean, and so anybody who's dragging them today, I totally get it. You know, I mean, just as bad as the Warriors, what, 40-point loss to Memphis was uh, a few days ago uh, when they were down at 55, 55 points at one point. That was awful, but that wasn't game seven. That wasn't an elimination game. Because they all knew, Even they even said it, Got to come back to Golden State, right? And they were right, right? But, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And one of your one of your clown hot takes that I saw, and I didn't even respond to it on Twitter, was uh, I see how this is the NBA is rigged. I've been watching it. I see it all in front of my eyes unfold, or some some BS nonsense. I was like, what is this guy talking come about? Come on, does, do people not remember that iconic tweet from Aisha Curry? Uh, when she tweeted that, that's like, what you responded that, yeah, to. Yeah, that's okay. the game where I Draymond did. gets gets um suspended in game six. That was on Draymond. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah he gets he gets ejected, and then yeah. that led to his subsequent suspension. Right. She tweeted that, and it's that's that's one of those tweets that okay. burned in my memory forever. Got you. That's okay. So see, that's where you threw me off on that one. I no, was yeah, like, that's, oh, I copied. Geez. That's literally the Aisha Curry tweet. Got copy you. and pasted. Well, now it makes more sense. Yeah. Now it makes more sense. I'm glad it took like four days to for me to understand where you were coming so from. Some people with that. were coming at me like, "No, your Grizzlies just lost." You see, I didn't even, you see, I didn't even respond. Just, I didn't nice. even respond. And I gave the it's Grizzlies, <laughs> hey, man, I gave the Grizzlies a ton of props, too, because I think that they're a damn good team. They're on the come up, and they are dangerous. But uh, the Warriors got got uh, got past them, and now they're going to face the Dallas Mavericks. And it should be interesting. Uh, should be interesting little little battle, little uh, series. And then we'll see what happens on the east side. And the east is going to be a, a hell of a battle as well with Miami and uh, and also the Boston Celtics. A lot of people are already crowding Boston, saying they're going to win the win the whole thing. They're going to hoist the trophy. You know, it's all theirs, and we'll see. They better be ready for a fight. There's, I mean, I'm telling you, there's a lot of uh, football or basketball to be played, so uh, excited about that. But we are here to talk a lot of football as well here on the show on Unnecessary Roughness. i uh, got some really good guests coming up. As a matter of fact, at 1.30, we'll have Zach Stevens. He's a Bronco beat writer, and the reason we have him on is because I've been going through all the opponents that are in the AFC West, all the division opponents, been going through their schedule, seeing what the beat writers think. Uh, obviously, the, the Broncos play the Raiders early in the schedule. And uh, matter of fact, the Raiders play every team in the AFC West within the first five weeks of the season. So that's that's going to be interesting. They can get out to a really good start, then get off to a, a so-so start, or they can get off to a really bad start. You obviously don't want them to get off to a bad start. That would be the worst-case scenario. Uh, honestly, you really want to do everything you can to at least go two and one in those three games that are going to be division games. But then you got the Tennessee Titans in there as well. So you have four AFC games in the first five games of the Raiders schedule. So uh, it's going to be a lot, man. It's going to be a lot of work that they have to do. Uh, you want to obviously do the best you can in your conference and in your division if you're trying to position yourself for the playoffs. So we'll talk about that with Zach Stevens coming up at 130. 
at 2.30, Jordan Schultz. He's host of Game Day NFL, uh, plus he's on the pull-up pod with C.J. McCollum. He's going to join the show to talk about one of the Raiders, that uh, a guy that signed with the Raiders over the weekend, and then give us some uh, more NFL nuggets as well. And that is Tyrone Wheatley Jr. That's right, Tyrone Wheatley we've actually had on the show before, former running back of the Raiders. His uh, son, Tyrone Wheatley Jr., signed with the Raiders over the weekend. Saw that come out. He tweeted it at me, sent me the message. I was like, oh, cool, that's what's up. And uh, so, yeah, it'd be, it's it, that's a cool little name. Uh, it's a cool little story. He's a guy that was uh, – tied in when he was at college and he's uh, he's actually transitioning to offensive lineman. He was on the Chicago Bears practice squad last season as he was trying to learn that offensive line position. So, we'll see if he makes it. We'll see, you know, how far he goes. Uh, we'll see maybe he's a practice squad guy again. I mean, who knows? I mean, it's obviously going to be a very long shot for him to make the roster, but it's more competition that they have at that offensive line position. So Jordan Schultz will talk to us at 2.30. Again, he'll talk to us about Tyrone Wheatley Jr., talk to us about NFL, the schedule, uh, what he thinks of the Raiders' schedule, what he thinks about some of their opponents. We'll just deep dive into the NFL at 2.30 with Jordan Schultz. Then at 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes today. So whatever we don't get from Jordan, we'll kind of go over. Uh, I've collected a, a few notes that I'll – that I'll uh, pass along. Uh, so we'll do that at 3. And then at 3.30, we'll have Mark Schindler. He's writer for Basketball News uh, and the Athletic NBA show. He's going to join the show to talk about the WNBA, in particular the Aces, and uh, Asia Wilson, who was named this week, the, the or for last week, the player of the week for the WNBA. And he actually had put out an article that I was reading over the weekend that I thought was really good, where Kelsey Plum had said, hey, she needs to be the defensive player of the year. Like, already putting the campaign together for uh, for one Asia Wilson and right now the Aces are off to a really good start. It's a young season, but three and one so far on the season. And Asia Wilson through fifteen or through four games has fifteen blocks already. Fifteen blocks. Swatting. Fifteen. And not only is she swatting a lot of uh, a, a lot of shots, but she's also keeping it in bounds. One of my biggest pet peeves is when you see these guys like just throw someone's throw someone's shot right, but then it goes out of bounds and the team gets it back. Like that's cool. But it's really cool if you can keep it inbounds and get the possession as well. And so uh, that's what she's been doing a lot of. And, and I like what this uh, this Aces team looks like. I like the way that they're running up and down the court really quickly. They're not slowing it down. They don't have uh, Liz Cambage anymore in the middle. And, you know, you couldn't obviously run an up-tempo type style offense with her out there on the court. So I like what they're bringing to the table. I like what Coach Hammond's doing. And, again, it's only, it's only through four games. So there's still a long way to go. But uh, so far the product's been pretty nice. Oh, yeah, like that Mystics game, even though they lost, it was still a good game. You got Elena Deladon where they lost that, but it was still an entertaining game to see. You don't want to say maybe best team in the league, but so far through four games, I don't see anybody that they can't beat. Right, right. No, there's there's definitely nobody that they can't beat. You know, they just got to go out there and continue to play the way that they're playing, but they're they're doing a really good job so far. And, again, it's only four games, but uh, I really like what I've seen, so I'm definitely looking forward to being at the Michelob Ultra Arena later on this season and checking out a couple games live for sure. I uh, wish I can get to more games, but just everything that's going on, just really don't have the time. Uh, JT the Brick is off today. He's going to be off tomorrow. We're going to have Harry Ruiz filling in for him from noon to 2, I do believe, so expect that. He is the Latino play-by-play voice for the Raiders, and uh, Harry does a great job. He's been on this show before. Uh, he's been on JT's show plenty of times, so we do believe that Harry's going to be uh, filling in for JT tomorrow. Then JT will be back on Wednesday, and then he's off again on Thursday and Friday. So then we're going to have Eddie Pascal and Jason Fitz fill in for JT on Thursday and Friday when he's off again. That's coming up this week. And then I'm off. And this is not supposed to be how it works. It's not. Only supposed to be one of us gone at a time. But I'm going to be gone on Wednesday through Friday 
and then Monday and Tuesday of next week, and then I'll be back on Wednesday. So uh, just bear with us as we're rolling around and, you know, people are getting their vacations in and other people doing other things that aren't vacation-like, but they're doing things anyway. And so, hey, we're working on it. We're working on it. So I know that a couple people were confused on, hey, what's going on? How come uh, uh, old replay of JT's one-hour show? Why was Q on on Friday? It's just some of the housekeeping that we're doing right now. So bear with us. We're doing the, the best that we can. And like I said, trying to get some people in their, their vacation and other obligations that they have to do uh, in the meantime, in between time. So just kind of put that in your notes. Uh, we'll definitely have Damon will be here. I think Adam Candy is going to be part of the show. Uh, when I'm out, and then um, we also have JVT is going to be John Von Tobel. Yeah, he's going to be part of the show. I think William Ramirez is going to make an appearance on the show a little bit. So we're going to have some mixed mixed parts in and out of the show, but uh, it will be here. It will be live. It will be local, like we uh, we like to have. Uh, hate to have to go to national at times when we just don't have have the bodies and the the people to fill in. So we're going to do the best we can to make sure that that happens. So that's kind of the little housekeeping that I wanted to do before we really get into the teeth of the show. Zach Stevens at 1.30 will join us, Jordan Schultz at 2.30, and then Mark Schindler will close us out at 3.30. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Deal. Home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So last week, last Thursday is when the schedule was, was released, and we all took a look at it. And, you know, myself and Eddie Pascal, uh, we were over at the Raiders uh, facility, and we went through it with a fine-tooth comb and just talked about every single game. We broke down every single game. We didn't give you a win-loss record. We just kind of looked at it and said, okay, this is when the Raiders get their bye. This is the cold game. This is the tough stretch right here. So I did that, and then over the weekend, I had more time to really just sit there and really break it down and analyze it. And then I started getting out my, my pen and starting writing writing W's and L's next to the schedule. And, and we always do this. And, of course, it's very difficult to determine what games they're going to win, what games they're going to lose when it's a 90-man roster that you're looking at right now and not a 53-man roster. But we always do it, and everyone does. So we just want to go ahead, and uh, now that we've had some time to look at it, some time to think about it, uh, we want to go ahead and, and, and break it on down right now and uh, start talking about what you think the Raiders' overall record will be. And we talked about it a little bit on Friday, but the news of Brian Edwards being traded really kind of uh, overshadowed what we were talking about on, on Friday. And matter of fact, Damon, you weren't here. So what did you think when you saw that Brian Edwards was traded for a fifth-round pick to uh, to the Atlanta Falcons? I'm not surprised at all. It's one of those, you see the trade. I think Vinny's tweet was the first tweet yeah. that I saw. Yep. And not like a, hey, good that he's gone, but I'm not surprised that the team moved on from him. Because we always hear he's not one of their guys when it comes to players in this new regime. And I do think it is, it's a case for the Falcons. You look at the receivers that they're pulling over there, they want big athletic guys, yeah. so he's going to be a better fit for them. And for the Raiders, I just, do, I just don't think that there was enough on tape for it to warrant that he stays. And it's also a guy who's coming off of a year being a starter in his mind where it's like, bro, I don't think you're going to be a starter here, so we're going to give you a chance to maybe go prove it somewhere else. Right. Well, I just think that ultimately there was not enough on tape, like you said. I mean, he just didn't put enough out there. It wasn't enough production. I mean, 45 total catches in his career. Uh, it's just not going to be enough. You know, he had an opportunity to step up last season uh, once uh, Henry Ruggs was gone and really didn't step up except for in overtime. I keep saying that to everyone. He did a great job in overtime. Uh, besides that, he really didn't show up that often. So uh, it, it, it's, you know, it's, I want to say it's disappointing, but then it sounds like I'm really bummed out about it. And that's not really the case. Uh, I thought that he was a good player. I thought he had a, a, a high upside. I thought he had an opportunity to be someone, but just, it just never came to be. And so this new regime said, hey, you know, we're not going to sit around and wait for him to 
uh, try to grow and try to develop into what we think he can be. We're going to move on from him. We're going to try to get something in return and call it a day. So that's what they did. I have nothing against Brian Edwards. I wish him all the best. But uh, for the Raiders to be able to flip him and get a fifth-round pick in return, I think that was pretty good. Because then if they wait any longer, that fifth-round value may turn into a seventh. Right, because he might hurt his own value. <laughs> yeah. You know, he might hurt his own value or to the point where you end up having to release the guy. You know, if uh, you know if it if it comes down to it, if they can't find a trade partner for him. So right now, I mean, they were able to get a fifth for it, so cool. That's, that'll work. You know, that's just kind of stacking up their their picks for next year and and continuing to try to develop and, uh, and put more talent back in the cupboard for the Raiders. Because, again, if you go back and look at the last few drafts, they don't have a lot of talent left from the drafts because most of those guys are gone, including the first five guys from that 2020 draft class, including Brian Edwards. I mean, that whole third round is gone. Well, the whole first round and third round are gone. Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, you also had uh, uh, Brian Edwards and then Tanner Muse. All those guys, gone. All of them. All of them. Who was it left? Um, John Simpson and Amik Robertson? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And Simpson played a lot last year. Uh, he's going to be battling for his job this year. And then Amik Robertson is a big unknown. Big unknown. You know, he came in to the uh, to the lineup a couple times last year and did pretty well. I remember specifically that uh, that Cowboy game. Uh, he got in there, and I think he made a play or two. And uh, very, very little, little action from Amik. But, uh, you know, he's made a play here, made a play there, had a pass breakup here, pass breakup there. But he's going to be in a dogfight for his job as well. So both of those guys are going to be working their tail off during training camp to make sure that they uh, they stay on the roster. But we'll see. Uh, I think that Simpson has a, a, an opportunity to at least stick around and be, you know, some quality depth. If he's not a starter, I can see him be as a quality depth. But, of course, that offensive line is what is really they got to get that thing figured out. If they don't get that offensive line figured out, it could be one hell of a season. But I did want to get back to the show topic or the question. Uh, what's the Raiders' overall record? What do you think the Raiders' overall record in 2022 is going to be? What place do you think – they're going to finish in the AFC West. Now, I went through the whole schedule on my podcast this morning, and I, I came up with 11-6. and six. I felt like that that was a fair record. It's better than what they did last year uh, by one game. You know, and I think that that's fair. I don't think that they're going to go 13-4. and four. I don't think they're going to 14-3, you know, all that. Some, some people believe that. And if you do, that's fine. I have no problem with that. There's going to be some tough losses on there. There's going to be some games on there that a lot of people don't like. And one, one thing that was funny to me when I was breaking down the games and I was going, I was doing this in real time. So it's not like I went by, looked at the schedule, and then just wrote it down and then wrote out a, a plan of attack or, or what my reasoning is. I kind of went through it at the same time. I just took the schedule, I looked at it, and then I just let it rip. So I think that the Raiders are going to win week five in Kansas City. That Monday night football game, I think they're going to win that game. And then the last game of the season is against Kansas City at home. And I think that that game is going to either be for the division or it's going to be for a spot in the playoffs like it was last year with the Chargers. So I'm, I'm banking on the Raiders winning that game. So then after I said all that, I was like, damn, they're going to sweep the Chiefs. In my mind, right? But the, the reasons aren't because they're just head and tails that much better or head and shoulders that much better than the Chiefs. It was just the circumstances. I think week five is a great opportunity for the Raiders to go into Kansas City and get a win instead of, you know, midseason or late in the season. So that's that was my reasoning. Like, it's early. It's not going to be cold. I think they had that opportunity. I think that's a perfect time. Kansas City's not coming off a bye. Matter of fact, both games, Kansas City's not coming off a bye, which is great. Kansas City doesn't lose coming off a bye. So that's fantastic for the Raiders. But I think with that going in early and getting that dub and then the end of the season, having something that's really, really riding on it. We all were there at Allegiant Stadium. We all were watching that game. All eyes were either in the building or on the building, right? We all saw that against the Chargers last year and how much that meant to the Raiders and how much it meant to Raider Nation. I think that the Raiders are going to win that game 
And it's going to mean a whole lot, and it's going to push them, like I said, either to win the division or it's going to push them into the playoffs. But they're going to have to have that game. So that's why I gave them that game. And like I said, when I, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, damn, that's the sweep of the Chiefs. Not easy to do, obviously, but I'm giving it to them. All right. Okay, so real quick, before we even get into, like, yeah. every win, yeah. do you also have them sweeping the Broncos this no, season? No, I do not. Okay. I do not. And I've already had people hit me up and say, how the hell can they sweep the Chiefs and not the Broncos? That's Look, man, that's, that's why I said there's tough losses on there. Matter of fact, I'm not going to lie to you. I have them losing to your Tennessee Titans week three. Mm. I have them losing that game. I got them winning the first two. And then I have them taking that L against Tennessee. I have them beating Denver and then beating Kansas City. So they're 4-1. They have 4-1 in the first uh, five games, according to me. According to me, which we all know, hey, subject to change. Who knows what the, you know, what, what the roster's looking like? Who knows who's healthy, who's not healthy? I mean, there's so many circumstances. But right now, that's how I'm looking at it. And I was going to give them the first game of the season, I was going to say, is a loss uh, against the Chargers. But... On Friday, when you weren't here, we had Gilbert Manzano on, right, talking about the Chargers. He told us that the Chargers are still talking about that loss, Week 18. Oh, They're no. still talking about that. Oh, no. In How can heads? you do that? Yes. How can you do that? You've got to let that go. You got to move on. Well, maybe it's the that rah rah mentality, like yo, they're just like every every day is working towards that first game of the season against uh, the Raiders. That's maybe is he talking about it like that? No, he he said that what it was was every time he's talked to any of the players or anything, they still have that week eighteen loss in their mind. They're still like thinking about it, and I think that's a bad thing. I understand you want to be motivated, but there's you're you're thinking about one element way too much. You know what I mean? Like, I know that that game ultimately determined if they were in the playoffs or not, but that wasn't the only reason they didn't make the playoffs. They lost other games throughout the course of the season. You know what I mean? There's other, there's bad decisions that the coaches made. You've pointed that out a thousand times. That game against the Ravens, he might as well have just packed it in and went in at halftime when you're going forward, like on your own 30, right. fourth and whatever. He did that multiple times. He did it against the Raiders. I mean, he's done, he's done that so many times. So it wasn't just that game that kept them out of the playoffs. Obviously, that's the one that. Everyone remembers because it was on the big stage and, and they could have got in if they had won that one or if they had came up with a tie. But that was, man, I'm so glad they didn't. That would have been Never terrible. wanted a tie so bad in my life. Right. Like, I, <laughs> man, I, and I get it. I mean, look, I get it why, you know, Justin Herbert would say that. But for everyone to still that was on the rosters to still be talking about it, I think that's a bad thing. So that's why I have the Raiders winning that that first game there against the Chargers. But I do have the Chargers getting back in the end of the season and and winning in uh, in Allegiant Stadium. So I have them splitting. I have them splitting with the Chargers, splitting with the Broncos, and sweeping the Chiefs. And I know it sounds silly. That sounds crazy. But the reasons I have, at least for me, make sense. It's not like I'm just throwing something against the wall like, oh, yeah, they're going to win that one. Oh, they're going to sweep the Chiefs. They're going to be the best team in the league. No, I just think that they get them at two good times, two really good times. All right, well, first five for me, I've got them three and two. Okay. And I've got a loss against the Chargers because I think that the Chargers, are, I think it's going to have that opposite effect. Opposite effect, okay. Um, they're going That's to, fair. The first game of the season is going to be the Super Bowl for them. <laughs> of like, we got to win this game. This game means it all. See, I think that that's putting too much on it. I think I, if for them, if they do that, I think that that's too much for them. I don't think that they should do that. I think you got to let that kind of stuff go, man. It's a, it's a L, fine, but last year is last year. Move on. It's a new year. That's the last thing they should be thinking about is that loss. That you may be right, but I'm t- like the way, especially getting that nugget of yeah, information. Yeah, I think like we all saw the show Winning Time Magic. They win game one. Oh and Magic's man, hopping on Kareem. Have you, been, have you been watching that? Yeah. That, are you all the way through it yet? Yes, I am. Are you? I just me and the wife just started watching it on Sunday. Matter of fact, and we got through five episodes. So uh, if you have not watched Winning Time, and I know this is a side note, uh, go check it out. It's 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 cool. It's not 
It's not 100% accurate. I mean, understand that there's fictional elements into it. It's not 100% accurate, and it doesn't really depict everybody to a T, but it's still pretty entertaining. Exactly. But I think that that's going to be the Chargers, where it's just like, yeah. we beat them. Yeah, we yeah, got them. And yeah. it's just like, y'all, we got 16 more. But for them, it's going to be that, but we re- we got the revenge. You know, we we coming off the season 1-0. They're going to be deflated. But I do think that they're going to come in that first game, mm-hmm. and they're going to beat the Raiders and be super happy about it. Okay. But All then right. I got them winning three more in a row. Okay. And then losing when they go to Kansas City as well. Okay, so you got them. Lo- okay, so so for the division, so just for the division games, um, you have them, do they split with the Chargers, or do they get swept by the Chargers? They split with the Chargers. They're going to beat them in a What about the Broncos? They sweep the Broncos. They sweep the Broncos. Okay, they swept them, what, two years in a row exactly. now, right? Yeah, so I, I, I got to continue. They've had a lot of good success against the Broncos. I just think that it changes, you know, it's just different this year that this team, uh, this Bronco team has a little bit more confidence. They play a little bit better. Uh, I don't I don't buy into the hype that they're the so great. You know, I don't. I think that they're the fourth best team in the AFC West. I do. I have no problem saying it. I'll say it to Zach when he comes up in a few minutes. I have no problem saying that. Uh, I just, I just think that they're going to split. They just have a bad game. Sometimes those happen, right? Just like last year against the Giants. They had a bad game. It was awful. I know it was coming off of the bye week that was a disaster, but, you know, they just had a bad game. So those kind of things happen. Uh, and then you have them, do you have them losing, do you have them getting swept by the Chiefs or, or winning one? I think that they're going to win that last game of the season. Okay. I don't know how it's going to factor out. What are the exact conditions are going to be? Yeah. But I see the Raiders winning that game. Okay. I like it. I like it. So uh, all in all, real quick, what do you have for their record? Do you have the record written down or no? Or I don't you have it written out, okay, but well, I think 11 and – yeah, but, uh, as, let me get the totals yeah, right. Yeah, we'll let you get the totals, but uh, first we'll hit up the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's up, man? Hey, man, have a good vacation in uh, Hawaii, man. Hawaii is a great spot. Yes, sir. I'm heading out, I'm, I'm heading out there myself pretty soon, so it, it's great, man. Nice. Hey, um – I have the Raiders going. I'm with you. I have the same record, but I have a sweep in the Broncos. I, I don't see. I, I don't see a sweep in the Chiefs. And to me, how does the Broncos get all these prime time games? Is it because <laughs> of Russell Wilson? It's got to be, man. It's, it's it's isn't it isn't it mind blowing though? Like what yeah, in the world's it, going on? <laughs> it's ridiculous. And first of all, we better than both of those teams right now. They can say what they want. Go look. They just looking at the quarter only the, at the quarterback. Yeah. Which, I just read CBS and uh, NFL, and everybody got us fourth best team in the division. Hey, Q, this is a question I wanted to ask you too regarding the um, um, the schedule. So we got we got two primetime games I see, but the rest is uh, it's depending on what the record is at the towards the end of the season. We got mm-hmm. that standalone game with the Steelers. Now what? What do you think? What do you think? Why we didn't get the the um the, the scheduling uh, games at on prime time like like we did last year or the year before? I mean, and our records were worse last year. We had a, we got a better team this year than we did the last two years. And you got us. I, I don't know. It's just ridiculous how Denver got seven. <laughs> and I know Russell Wilson is good, but he ain't great no more. Got you. Hey, great call, my man. I appreciate you. And as far as the primetime games, I think that the league won the show Allegiant Stadium off a lot last year with the first year being uh, in Vegas with fans. So I think that that's what they did. I think that's why they gave them a lot of primetime games. But I'm with you. I think that they should have more uh, primetime games at home. 
You know, I really do. I mean, just having one is, is kind of odd. And it's at the end of the season, of course, it gets New England. And really, the draw there is Josh McDaniels versus Bill Belichick. That's going to be the conversation, not our conversation, but that'll be the national conversation leading up to that. Uh, they do have the Christmas Eve game. Like you said, it's a standalone game on NFL Network. It's, you know, that 515 slot. So, I mean, you, I guess you can consider that a prime time. Monday, uh, you know, the fifth week of the season against Kansas City. That's that Monday night game, but that's in Kansas City. But it is Monday night football, so that's prime time. Every team has a Thursday night game, so they have that. So, I mean, technically, they're sitting there at at four-ish, I guess you could say. And I do think one of those two games uh, at the end of the season, either the Niners or the Chiefs game, is going to get flexed to a prime time game. That's just my gut feeling. Sometimes it's my gut feeling is correct. Sometimes my gut feeling is just gas. And I did have some ice cream yesterday, so maybe it's gas. But I think that it's going to be uh, one of those games is going to be flexed. And I'm with you, and we'll ask Zach Stevens. He's coming up next to talk all things Broncos. I'll ask him about the hype around the Broncos, because, and not in a disrespectful way. I'm not, you know, firing shots at him. I just don't, I don't see it. I'm with you. Russell Wilson is, is damn good. I get it. I don't know if the primetime affair is, is with Sierra, who's now on the, the Sports Illustrated cover in the swimsuit. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I really don't. But I'm not buying the hype either. But we'll find out about the Broncos. We'll find out about their schedule. What does Zach think they'll look like week four when they come to Allegiant Stadium and take on the Raiders? We'll find out all that next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Start off the show talking about the schedule as it was released last week on Thursday. Now that you've had a chance to look it over, examine it, break it on down, what do you think the Raiders' overall record in 2022 is going to be? What place do you think? They'll finish in the AFC West. So you hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And you can always call us, but don't call us right now because we do have one of our favorite guests. That's Zach Stevens. He's a Broncos beat writer for uh, thedenver.com, and that's the thednvr.com. And, Zach, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. And let me start there. Let me start with uh, are you, and I, I say this with all due respect, are you one that <laughs> believes that the Denver Broncos, with the addition of Russell Wilson, are all of a sudden leapfrogging just about everyone and are like this this juggernaut of a team because I'm not buying the early hype. I know Russell Wilson's great, but I'm not buying the early hype. What are your thoughts on just the outlook of this team? You know, what I know, Q, is the Broncos are going to be much, much better than they have been the past five or six <laughs> years. But you know what? I am buying the hype right now. Okay. You know, the Broncos just went from absolute quarterback purgatory to now a nine-time Pro Bowler. And I do think they make a huge leap. And to be honest with you, I think this AFC West is just absolutely stacked. And I could see any of the four teams winning it. I think all four teams are double-digit win teams. Mm. But with that comes the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. They're they're all going to cannibalize themselves in right. this AFC West. I, I I see every team being within two or three games of each other. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you with that. I, I definitely believe that this division's going to just beat each other up, and I don't think that uh, anyone's really going to have a home field advantage when it comes playoff time. Whoever makes the playoffs, just because again the records, the overall records might not be as great as as you'd want it to be to have that home field advantage. But I just see the Broncos slotted in everywhere. Like I just saw a power ranking from ESPN, and we all know that those don't really mean a whole lot, but like. 
like they're number nine already. I'm thinking, damn, like Nathaniel Hackett's never even been a head coach. And I know he's got some, he's got a little bit of, of you know, things to like as far as coming from Green Bay, but he wasn't calling the shots there. So I just, I'm very skeptical about all the love that Denver's getting right now. And I think that, I think that's totally fair. And what's funny from a national perspective, uh, or at least a, a Denver perspective, uh, is people here are saying they would way rather have the unknown, which is Nathaniel Hackett, than the known, which is Josh McDaniels. <laughs> but to be to be honest, the way I feel about Josh, I think I think Josh is going to be a much better head coach in Las Vegas than he than he was with the Broncos. I think he's going to learn a ton from his mistakes. So I I don't think it's going to be a similar situation at all. But but then also Russell Wilson getting that new uh the the, the all the weapons around him, a finally an offensive head coach, someone that's going to devise things. There's a lot of hope here, Hugh, that the Broncos uh, and Russell Wilson are going to have a career year just this first year. Now I know that it's there's going to be rough patches, right. and that's why I think it's crazy to say Super Bowl expectations for this Broncos team right now. And from what I understand, you agree with that. But I think after this year, that's when those expectations start. But make, make no doubt about it, the expectations for the Broncos in this first year is to make the playoffs, or it's going to be a very, very disappointing season. And as we talked about, it's going to be very tough to, to make the playoffs in this AFC West. Yeah, again, those those teams in the AFC West are definitely going to beat each other up, and it's going to be fun and fascinating to to be able to see how it all shakes out. Again, we're talking with Zach Stevens, Broncos beat writer here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So one more question uh, about uh, you know Russell Wilson. How has things been? I know that you've been able to kind of see a little bit of what they have going on as far as like their three-day minicamp and stuff like that. And I know he's been you know dressing out, and he was all excited about that. And uh, how, how has life been with Russell Wilson, at least early on? I mean, what a relief for the Broncos to finally get a franchise quarterback in here. And just like the Raiders have with Derek Carr, the leadership mm-hmm. is something that has just absolutely been a complete 180 from what the Broncos have had. And he's the closest thing that the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning. And so you hear that a lot of whispers of this is the closest thing the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning, not just on the field, because that's pretty obvious when you look at stats with Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, uh, Brock Osweiler. I can go through the list <laughs> right. of all the quarterbacks the Broncos have had. It might take me a while, though. But 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 also off the field, and that leadership, and what, what a lot of people say is a team takes the identity of either their head coach or their quarterback, or a mixture of both. Well, in the past five or six years for the Broncos, that's been a disaster. (laughs) None of their head coaches have had a a personality that a team wants to take, and they've just cycled through quarterbacks, so you can't do that. So now there's so much pressure off of Nathaniel Hackett because the true leader of this team and this organization is now Russell Wilson, which is just something that, that goes way beyond football, and they're already seeing that impact. All right, Zach, before I get to my real question... Russell Wilson, he put out a video of him and Peyton Manning. They're looking at a film together. Aren't you getting a little tired? You know, just just you and me. You're getting a little tired of, <laughs> of Russell Wilson, like, look at me. Every day is a social media stunt. I mean, you know, he's just begging for attention, right? You know, what's, uh, what's pretty funny is uh, you're already seeing that wear a little bit on Broncos fans, which is crazy to say. I thought that was going to last at least a year or two, that honeymoon phase. But, uh, you know, I, it, the Chargers put it on their social media last week when they released the Pop-Tarts comparing – uh, a pop tart flavor for the Broncos. They they said Russell Wilson was corny, and I think that's. Uh, I don't think uh, you even have to be wearing any sort of glasses to see that, and and that's wearing on some fans a little bit. But still, when you take a step back and realize just the upgrade the Broncos had at quarterback, I think most people in Denver are happy with it. 
All right, and then you mentioned that no Broncos team wanted to take the identity of previous head coaches. But one thing about Vic Vangio is that that defense was going to be tough. But are, are, is anyone worried about the Broncos defense taking a step back this season without Vic Vangio leading it? I wouldn't say worried is the the way it's viewed here. How I would, how I would put it though is I think I think it's crazy to expect the defense to be just as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Broncos' formula for success is finally caught up to the 21st century, where you have a uh, a team led by an offense, and then you just try to have a good enough defense. But the past five years. Every single season going into it, I've said Broncos have to have a top five defense, and then they have to have a semi-average offense. And that's just, that's going to work once every 10 years. And look, we saw it happen with the Broncos in 2015 when they won Super Bowl 50. That was exactly the formula Mm -hmm. they had, but it worked one season out of the past 15 seasons. So now they're finally caught up with it, finally have that offense first, and they have to be a top 10 offense in order to keep up in this AFC West and make the playoffs. But their defense, it... You know, if it's average, a little bit above average, I think that's what what it's a reasonable expectation for this team, and that would be a successful formula for the Broncos: a top ten offense and an above average defense. So, yes, I do expect the defense to to, to fall off a little bit, and it's going to be the offense that has to pick up that slack. Talking all things Broncos right now, I'm going to take a look at the schedule with Zach Stevens here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So when you look at the schedule, I mean, that's every football fan's holiday is when the schedule drops. Uh, when you look at it, uh, from your perspective, what is most important to you? What are you looking at? Uh, what, what stands out to you when you look at a schedule? Well, the, the first off, I mean, looking at this Broncos schedule, it, I, I like to look at it in stretches. What, what are the hard stretches? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the, t- the, the easy stretches? And for this Broncos team, Man, this schedule is brutal to end the season. It includes uh, two games against the Chiefs, a game against the Chargers. You got the Ravens on the road, Cardinals at home. It is brutal. And so that you look at the beginning of the schedule, and it's easy. It's relatively easy. You start off at Seattle. That should be a win, although there's going to be so many emotions with that game with mm-hmm. Russ going back to Seattle. Then you have the Texans at home, and then you have some other gimme games. The Jets are in there. The Broncos have to start really hot and that's not the easiest task to ask with a new quarterback joining the team with a new head coach but they cannot stumble in their first four to eight games of the season going into the bye which is a week nine bye they have to have a winning record and it just scares me a little bit that if they if if they struggle a little bit and lose a game or two that they shouldn't then they're just going to be in way too deep of a hole coming out of that stretch where then it's just absolutely brutal. Right. Well, you know, the Raiders, they have their, uh, out of their first five games before they hit the bye in week six, they have three division games. They play every single team uh, in the division in the first five weeks. And so that's going to be one of those, you start out hot or you don't. And if you don't, you could be in some trouble. But the Raiders and the Broncos square up week four. What version of the team do you think that they will be at that point? Because you know what the team looks like in week four is not what they're going to look like in week 14. What do you think the Broncos will look like come week four? I actually think this is the first time the Broncos stumble against Josh McDaniels. It really reminds me of the game when Josh McDaniels was the Broncos head coach. It was week six, uh, and they played the Patriots in Denver. So it was Josh McDaniels playing his former team, and Josh McDaniels had that team ready to go. Josh McDaniels had not worn down that Broncos team, and the Broncos beat uh, the, 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 the Patriots. And I, I see this game going very similar right now. I think the Broncos are going to start really hot. They have that a road game against Seattle. They have the Texans. Maybe they struggle a little bit, but they're still going to win easily those, those two games. Then they have the 49ers at home. 
I'm not buying the 49ers yet because the 49ers don't have a quarterback yet. They're right. not sold on either of the quarterbacks, and we know how important quarterback is. And so I think that Raiders game is going to be the first loss of the Broncos season. I think that's when we when we see a few cracks from a new team coming together, and I think Josh McDaniels has his team so fired up for that game. So that's actually my first loss in the Russell Wilson-Nathaniel Hackett era. Well, there you go. I uh, I have the Raiders winning that one as well, but then I have the Broncos uh, actually coming to Allegiant Stadium. Or no, uh, being in Denver. Yeah, the next time they play is in, in Allegiant Stadium, or in Denver, and I have them losing that one. The second time of the season, I have the Raiders losing uh, to the Denver Broncos. So uh, I started off talking about the, the Raiders and, and what people thought that their overall record in the division was going to be. What do you think? Uh, have you looked at the schedule to the point where you, you have kind of a good idea or you feel like you have a good idea of what the overall record for the Broncos should be this year. You know, I, I think the Broncos are going to be a, a eleven and six, twelve and five sort of team. I think they're okay. going to be really good. I think the Raiders are going to be a double digit win team, and I have this division. Every team going three and three in the division. Okay. I just think that they they get beat up so much, and they just beat each other up so much that I think we could be talking about the fourth place team, which would right now in my mind probably be the Raiders. I think they're ten and six and potentially missing the playoffs just because there's going to be other divisions where there's two really good teams. And I don't expect a team coming out of the AFC West uh, to, to win the, to get the number one overall seed in the AFC because they're just going to beat each other up too much. But I really do think, and I really like what the Raiders have going on. I believe, like I told you, I think Josh McDaniels is going to be a much better coach and not get in his way like he did here in Denver. I think he's going to learn a lot and, and – Speaking to so many people in the building when Josh McDaniels was in Denver, they all said, of, co- of course, he had his, his issues, really managerial issues, but he was one of the smartest football people that everyone has ever been around. And I think that is really going to help Derek Carr and the Raiders. I do, too. I really do. And it's funny. You said 11-6 and six for the Broncos. That's what I got the Raiders doing. I got them going 11-6. and six. So <laughs> basically, we have the two teams just vice versa. You know, you got the Broncos at one spot. I have them uh, in the fourth spot, and I have the Raiders right above them. You know, so it's, it's funny, man. It's that's how close this division could be. You could see really any yeah. of the teams. Any of the four could end up with 10 wins and, and might miss the playoffs. So uh, there you go. It's, it's going to be a battle all season long. I'm excited about it. Of course, it's only May, so we got a long time before any of the games ever start happening. But, Zach, great stuff as always, my man. What do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Oh, man, OTA start next week. And like you said, we're still a long ways away from the beginning of football. But next week... We got OTAs, so previewing that. Broncos have a, a couple of position battles, so got that going on. And, man, I'm just I'm so pumped for football to be back. <laughs> and it's back in a little way next week. Yeah, it is. It is. Enjoy it, my man. I appreciate you as always. Great stuff. And look forward to talking to you, uh, well, probably before, but definitely week four action uh, as the Raiders will take on the Broncos. So uh, we'll be talking a lot between now and then, but I do appreciate you. Right on. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Great stuff as always. Zach Stevens right there, Broncos beat writer. You can find him on Twitter at Zach Stevens, and that's Z-A-C Stevens, D-N-V-R, thedenver.com is what he works for, and that's thednvr.com. Does a great job. And there he goes. You know, 11-6. and six. He has 11-6 and six for the Broncos. I mean, the division could be that easy. And he's talking about the Raiders. He's giving them double-digit wins, but they missed the playoffs. I love how when people say that, it sounds far-fetched, but it's actually It's very possible. possible. It's very Every possible. Every team in the division having double-digit wins. Right. Woo. Yeah, exactly. So want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Let us know your thoughts. You can hit us up, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash, text line 69187, keyword R&R. You've had a chance to look over the schedule. What do you think the Raiders' record's going to be? Where do you think that they end up? 
in the AFC West. Do you think they win it? Do you think they come in second, third, fourth? What do you think? Let us know about it. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio, 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks to Zach Stevens. Join us in the last segment to talk all things Broncos. Want to know what you think the Raiders' overall record in 2022 is going to be? Where do they finish in the AFC West? I have them at 11-6. and six. I have them splitting with the Chargers, splitting with the Broncos, and I have them sweeping the Chiefs. I know a lot of people can't believe that, but that's what I have, and I'm sticking to it until it doesn't happen. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And if it does, well, then it, then it does. But we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword r Always wide open like some old school TV antennas. Joe actually hit us up on Twitter, uh, at your boy Q254, at Demon underscore the boss, and at r 920 am said, predicting winning and losing some different games than you have, but I have the same outcome, 11 and 6. And that's cool. I like that. Uh, and then Efren hit us up and said, yeah, I'm with your caller. Not sure why uh, the... The league wouldn't have the NFL schedule more, or the Raiders wouldn't have more primetime games. They played in five walk-off games, so they were a great watch. Yeah, though, no, they really were. I think that they were just showing off. They wanted to show off Allegiant Stadium last season. I don't know. I, I really, I guess there's not any real good answer on why they don't have more primetime games, but I do think that one of those two games, if not both of those last two games of the season, are flexed. Uh, that 49er game on New Year's and also uh, the Kansas City Chiefs game week 18 to close out the season. Depending on how the Raiders are, those games could easily be flexed to primetime Sunday games. Thank you for that. Let's go out to the uh, phone lines at 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, Raider Rob. What's on your mind, my man? It's Raider Rod. What's going on? How is it going, Q? Chilling, man. How you doing? Chilling, man. Th- dude, I could get used to this. I could use some more Q in the afternoon, man. This there you is, go. That's right. This is my kind of energy, right? <laughs> hey, hey, I like that interview, man. He said he said a lot of things that I, I wanted to, to go over. He said that we have a lot of hope now. Mm-hmm. He said that hope now. He said he thinks that we are 10-7, and 7, we're going to miss the playoffs, but coming in fourth. But he also said that he thinks the West is going to go 3-3. Three and three. So what are the tiebreakers? Um, if that's the case, well, we, we, we could be fourth, we could be first. It, um, I, this is what I say about the schedule. I like, I like the rigidness. I like that it's difficult. I like the opportunity. Man, even with this difficult schedule, I see opportunity for us to be, you know, 12 and 5, 11 and 6, or maybe even the 10 and 7. You know, there's just that much opportunity out there for this. Um, as for early in the season, uh, the Patriots, uh, you know, they've always been kind of slow starters. So I could see a three and two start and then us really, really hitting some stride and, and really starting to Josh really starting to know how to, how to, you know, mani- manipulate the team for matchups. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I see, a, I see a lot of opportunity and the key word that made me laugh a lot is again, he sees hope. So to me, this is, this is my take on it. Perception is reality. If we want to change our perception, then we need to change this reality. Let's go. Nice. I like it. I like great call, my man. Great call. That's fantastic stuff. And, uh, yeah, there was a stretch in the season last year with the Patriots. What did they win? Seven in a row? 
Weren't they on that stretch where they won like seven in a row? And that was just about midseason. That really got them from where they were to putting them in position to be a playoff team. So that's a good point that you bring up. So that was Raider Rod, right? <laughs> Let me get this right. That was Raider Rod. Now let's get Raider Rob. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. And now he's not there. No, 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 no. Uh, I think um, it's Ron. Oh, Raider, Raider Ron. Ron. Ron? Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. We got too many R's around here. It's either Rod, Ron, Rob. <laughs> All right, man. Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, how you doing today, there, guys? Hey, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Hey, I got us going twelve and five. Okay. Um, I got uh, I got a splitting with the Chargers, the the Chiefs, and the uh, the Broncos, and losing to uh, the Rams and the Titans. So okay. it'll be twelve and five. I like it. Um, I think uh, without all the the BS that we went through last year with Gruden and. And all the other stuff, I think that's at least uh, at least two wins over the total of last year. So, okay, twelve and five, man, and we're going to take the division. Oh, nice! I like it. Oh, my man, great call. And look, that's real. That drama that the Raiders had last year in the locker room and dealing with everything off the field and all that—that's got to be worth something, right? I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I do a lot of these interviews and even on my podcast and I talk to a lot of different people and everyone to a T, and I know all Raider Nation doesn't like to hear this, but everyone to a T says, hey, man, that dude who's behind center in, 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 in Las Vegas is a special dude. He navigated this team through all those muddy waters last year to make it to the playoffs. And I know everyone doesn't want to give Carr credit uh, for a lot of things and a lot of people want to criticize Derek Carr, but man, when you think about Everything that that dude had to deal with last year as the leader of the team, obviously everyone in that locker room had to deal with it, and they did a hell of a job staying focused, but your leadership's got to come from somewhere. I always say you're only as good as your leadership, and the leadership was really good from a player's point of view dealing with everything that they dealt with. So you got to give that dude a lot of credit, and I do think that that, uh, like you said, is worth a couple dubs. So thank you. I like that. He's got the Raiders going 12-5 and five and winning the AFC West. Let's go out to the Bronx, talk to our guy Hammer. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's going on, guys? First time caller. Definitely appreciate what you guys are doing. A shout out to the whole Raider Nation. Those that are hearing my voice right now, y'all might be familiar with me. Hammer's House on YouTube. We did a huge event at the Ahern Hotel. Me and my brother's graphic Raider, uh, Wasted Talent, and Andy Raiders Football Talk. We did a huge live stream for three days at the Ahern in Vegas. Want to thank everybody that came out for that and the events that we did out there, including the one with Charles Woodson. Shout out to him and Woodson Whiskey. We did our uh, breakdown of the schedule the other day, and I'm looking at 12 and 5, 13 and 4. I think there's a chance that we split the division games, and then probably another loss or two we'll probably see from maybe Indy, potentially the Rams, as much as I don't want to say that because I'm supposed to be in LA for that game. But Again, we have a lot of new weapons. I still feel we're pieces away from a Super Bowl championship team. We definitely need a a veteran right tackle. We need a number one corner. Maybe Bradbury is that answer on defense. But we're in a good spot right now, Nation. I hope you guys see it that way. 2021 Raiders season can be summed up in three words. F your adversity. We made it to the playoffs and did our damn thing. But things can only look up from here with this new regime, a new front office, competent coaching staff and all the new weapons we brought in through the draft through free agency sky is the limit raiders 
Thank you for the call, my man. Appreciate you. Wasn't sure where he was going with that call at first, but uh, I like it. 12-5 and five or 13-4, and four, uh, that's a hell of a record. That is one hell of a record, but it's something that I'm not going to say is, is unachievable. Hell, I mean, I got him going 11-6, and six, so that's only a couple games better. So, uh, man, I like it. Good stuff. Keep it coming. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What do the Raiders' overall record look like in 2022? What place do you think that they finish in the AFC West. It's 157, and this is Raider Nation Radio 920.